I'm excited. It feels good in here, doesn't it? It feels good. It feels good. It feels good. It feels like we can just bask in His presence. It feels good. It feels downright churchy and good in here. It feels like one of those times I say holly, you say hallelujah. All I got to say is God is good. And all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. We mess around and start a fire in here. My God. Acts 2 and 1. This is Pentecost Sunday. When you have it, say amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begun to sing, speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Can you say amen? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I want to talk for a few minutes. The place matters. The place matters. Let us pray. Father, we come to you humbly, yet boldly. We come to you, Lord, humbly submitting to you, but boldly requesting more of you. Humbly bowing down to you, boldly requesting more of you. Humbly in reverence to you, but boldly seeking you for more. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth thee. Speak, Lord, for we need thee. Speak today. Blow, touch, heal, set free, deliver in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The place matters. The place matters. Let's just jump right into it. The, the, the author of the book of, of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, really is mostly the Acts of Paul and Peter. Uh, John hasn't mentioned, but he doesn't really write anything. He doesn't say anything. Was this, this book is written by Luke, the physician. The reality is, this is though Luke has a, a book uh, in the Gospels, this is really kind of considered Luke part two. The book of Acts is really uh, just the writings of, of Luke to Theophilus, who was a believer and believed he was a believer in Jesus, and he was believed to have written, uh, helped finance Luke's writings. And so that's why when you open up in Acts 1, you hear Luke saying, Oh, Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to teach and to do. So he's really giving him a lesson on, on what Jesus did, and now he's trying to tell him what happened after Jesus came back. Uh, and visited after he rose from the dead. And so, when you hear in Acts 1, when um, Jesus came back and visited the disciples, for 40 days he walked the earth, gave them unfallible truths, that undeniable that proof that he was indeed uh, Father, he was indeed the risen Savior, showed himself to them. And he began to assemble them together 
and commanded that they should not depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. And as he said, for John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Then he goes on to tell them that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then he was taken away. Have you ever had God give you a promise? And you believe him. But then suddenly he's taken away. Or suddenly, as loud as you heard the promise, now you sit in that silence. I heard what you said. You said a promise is coming. And then you leave. And as he was taken away, he was taken up. The disciples were standing there looking. And angels came down and said, why stay ye here gazing? This same Jesus that you see taken up will come back again the same way. They were, I, can, I, can, I can imagine what it was like to be a disciple standing there. So you gave me the promise, and then you, let, wait, where, where, where are you going? Like, you gave me the promise, and then you said, wait, it won't be long. And now you going up, you got this cloud coming to pick you up. Can I have a little bit more details? Is anybody ever asked God, like, like I, I believe you. I'm not saying I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't believe you. I see everything. You gave me some infallible truths. I know it's you. I, I saw the nail print. We had fish dinner. And it was you. But then you, you went up in the clouds. See, they thought he was going to come and establish his kingdom. So they, they were really were not sure. What is this promise? What is this, this promise you're, you're talking about? I know I'm getting a promise from the Father. And then you say the Holy Ghost. I, I'm just trying to make sure I understand what it is I'm waiting for. Have you ever had God make you a promise? And you, you, you I, I believe you. I'm not taking no credibility away from you. I'm just standing here and I'm, I'm looking at you. Seem like you go away. It's much like, like David was anointed king and had to go back to the shepherds to the field. You anoint me for my next. You prepare me for my next, but you leave me in my now. And the struggle is not to believe you, because I believe you. The struggle is I'm still in my now. Because if I promise you that I'm going to do something for you, mostly generally, you would think it's happening right now. Instantaneously. You would think, okay, I promise I'm going to bless you. And then I walk away. You think, wait, 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 wait. wait. You just said you're going to bless me. You just said you're going to deliver me. And now you left. And he left, but he said it's coming in not many days hence. I love the ambiguity of God sometimes. Sometimes you got to laugh. Sometimes you got to laugh because especially if you, if you have had something promised to you and, and then you had that waiting out period and then God did it and then now you got something else that you're working on and now you're in that period again and, and the human inclination is to think that God forgot about you but you got to remind yourself, oh yeah, I've been here before. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. I see what's going on. I see what's going on. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I heard you before. And, and, and I, I waited. And I got beside myself. And you still delivered. So now, 
for this thing, for this test, I'm just going to wait. I want to talk to somebody who, who you, you've seen this movie before. You know God is not slack concerning you. You know he has not forgotten about you. But because of your human inclination to want to do something, to want to help God out, I'm telling you, he is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's not a punishment period. It's a preparation period. Yeah, God is not punishing you. God is preparing you. He's not preparing the blessing for you. The blessing is already prepared. He's preparing, preparing you for it. The thing that he is going to release in your life has already been done in heaven. He's already been done. God is not working things out anymore. He's already, it's a finished work. Everything he's going to do for you, all of the promises are yea and amen. Amen is a conclusion of a thing. He has already done it. He's already settled it. So he's not in heaven fixing it. He's not like he's in Santa's shop. He's fixing your treadmill. He's fixing your sled. He doesn't have a wrench in his hand. He's not preparing the blessing. If you're in a waiting period, it's because he's preparing you for the blessing. He's preparing you. So when he gives it to you, you are prepared for it. Because God forbid he gives a prepared blessing to an unprepared person. You go right now and give a child $10,000. The child is going to look at it and say thank you. But they'll go to the toy store and they'll try to buy a $20 toy with a bunch of hundred dollar bills because they were not prepared for what they got in their hands. And so God said, I'm not trying to prepare the blessing for you. I'm trying to get you ready. I'm trying to get you ready for the stress of success. I'm getting you ready for the stress of success. Yeah, I know the blessing of God uh, or without stress and add no sorrow to it. But there is a level of stress that will come with each blessing in your life. The stress of, of maintaining it, the stress of sustaining it with more comes more. So you ask God to give you more and then you're not ready for the more. If you ask God to build your business, that means more taxes you got to pay. That means more employees you got to employ. That means more people you got to deal with. So how can you ask God to give you more and you're not ready for it. You don't even have a plan in place for when the thing does come. You don't. You got a plan in place if the thing doesn't come. If it falls through the cracks. If you got to go live back with mama. If you got to re downsize. But you have no plan in place for when the thing happens. What if the business booms? What if you got 10,000 customers calling you next week? What if somebody does repost your, 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 uh, your company and now you're going viral and people are calling you off the walls? What if you get the, the full ride degree, the full ride scholarship? Are you prepared for the thing you're asking God for? The bigger, the, the bigger prayer shouldn't be, Lord, give me the thing. It should be, Lord, prepare me for what you have in store for me. Because if you get it and squander it, what was, the, what was the point of having it? He could have gave it to somebody else who would have did more with it. Instead of begging him for it and you doing no prep for it. You begging God for all of this stuff and you begging him for more. And he say, okay, are you ready for what you're asking me for? He was taken up. And the funny thing about it, he said, wait. Wait right here. Don't move. It's going to happen in a few days. Meantime, while they were waiting, Peter got a little antsy. Peter's always kind of antsy. He was, a, he was always the one, Lord, if it's you, let me come. He jumped out on the boat. When the soldiers got ready to come get Jesus, he, he took the sword out and he cut the soldiers there. Peter was just always a little antsy. He always had to just do something. He always just had to do something. So, so in the meantime, while they were waiting, he got antsy. He said, you know what, let's pick a new disciple. 
Let's pick a new disciple. Since, since we lost Judas, let's pick a new disciple. All right. Let's 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 cast lots. Let's take a guess. And uh, they won justice, and there was Matthias. So they said, okay, after after the vote, after the roll of the dice, let's let's choose Matthias. Funny thing about it, you never hear about Matthias anywhere else in scripture, nowhere else. And just like this little mention that while we were waiting, Peter got answered. Let me tell you something. Don't don't allow people in your waiting period to push you to do something that makes no sense. Don't allow people to push you into something that if you have to pay the ramifications for, they're not going to help you with it. I used to do uh, go to the juvenile detention centers and I used to uh, talk to the young men there and I would tell them, all of those homeboys, all of those friends who rolled, who were ride or die and they were with you and all that, I bet none of them sit in court with you. None of them sitting in the cell with you. Nobody is going to put money on your books. Nobody save your mama and your grandmama is going to come to every court date. But everybody who was with you, we down dog and, and we, we boys, we for life, we family for life. That family, that life of that family gets real short once that judge puts that hammer down. Be careful of letting people's, people's anxiety and people's antsiness persuade you to move out of what God has called you to do. Because I got to answer to him for me. You have to answer to him for you. So I can't let your mood, attitude, your situation, what you got going on inside of you push me into making me do something that God didn't call me to do. Just because you want it, just because you need it in your life, that's your life. Get it done. Leave me out. Tell me how it was. The day of Pentecost, it was an annual feast that was followed by the Feast of First Fruits. And it was 49 days, and Pentecost actually means 50 of the Greek derivative. Because it was the 50th day after the first fruits feast. And the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place. One accord in one place. See, the enemy, Satan, the devil, cannot, we, I've, I've said this before, he cannot fight God. He can. He's not an equal opposite uh, opponent. He cannot fight God. He can only fight your perception of God if you let him. He cannot disrupt your relationship with God. But he will try to disrupt your perception. He will look to disrupt your relationships in your life he will look to disrupt you. The thing, his, his job, he knows he can't fight God. So what he wants to do is get you out of alignment with God. Out of alignment with God, out of alignment with people, out of alignment with yourself. He is an accuser of the brethren. So if he can get you out of alignment with you, with your relationships, with God, then you will never be in one place on one accord. Because your body, your mind, and your spirit will be having three different conversations. So he cannot fight God so what he has to do is, he wants to sow, sow discord within you. So, okay, you get your relationship with God, right? Good. Now you and her not getting along. You and him. He, you get that right? Now you out of, out of sorts and out of whack. Now you double-minded. 
The Bible says the double-minded man is unstable what? In all his ways. So now you said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going forward. And now what the enemy does is he asks you, who do you think you are? How dare do you think that you can walk in that blessing? How dare do you think you can go for that promotion? How dare you think you can have better? How dare you think you can have this? And so you walk around and you think, well, I guess I can't. I guess you're right. Look at my family. Look where I come from. Look what. And so he, 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 he didn't get you out of line with God. You still saved. You read your Bible. You're just reading words on the paper. You're not digesting it. Right? Because of the way you're feeling about yourself. You're praying. But they're empty words because you don't mean it. You're just saying it. Everything is good at home. But you are out of sorts. So you are never in one place on one accord. See, when you read that scripture, we read that scripture, we mean everybody came together and everybody was together praising God. And that may be true. But I don't have to live with y'all. I got to live with me. And so I need a suddenly here in church, which is good. Like he showed up last week and been showing up these last few weeks. That's good. I need that. But I need a suddenly at home. I need a suddenly on my, on my ride to work. Even if you got to walk to the living room because you're working from the home. So that's from the bedroom to the living room. That's your commute. But I need a suddenly. But there cannot be a suddenly if I am not in one place on one accord. That makes sense? Accord is actually a musical term. My music guys, you know. It means to be harmonious or consistent with. I found that really funny. It is harmonious, means in harmony. So there is, a, there, there is a sound when you're not on one accord. It's a sound of, of disruption. It's a sound of, of, of clanking cymbals and ting, tingling brass. So there's a sound when you are on one accord with yourself. There's a sound when you're not. It just sounds confusing. It sounds like a bunch of noise or consistent, that's another word, uh, definition. Could it be possible you're not seeing us suddenly because you are not consistent? Consistent with God, consistent with you. It could be possible you are not seeing the promises and the blessings of God in your life because God said there's no consistency. One day you serve him, the next day you don't. One day you read him, the next day you not. One day you praying, the next day you not. So God says, how can I give a suddenly to you if I don't know where you're going to be the next day? I'm wondering where you are. Adam, where art thou? Now, I'm God. I know where he's at. I want, I want you to ask the question, where are you? It's, it's for introspection. Where are you? One day, you serving me. The next day, you serving trees. One day, you praising me. The next day, you praising the universe. One day you praising me, the next day you praising the sun. You, you, you praising everything that I made except me. I don't see no consistency with you and I. Your heart is beating consistently. Your digestive system is working consistently. Your brain is functioning consistently. Someone's.
But I don't see nothing about what you call relationship with me consistent. If you and your spouse or whoever you're dating, whoever you're dealing with, if you loved on them the way you love on me, would they stay in your life? If you talk to them and gave them as much attention as you give to me, not when you're in trouble, not when things are going bad, not when all hell is breaking loose, if you were consistent with them as you are to me, how would that relationship pander out? So God said, I don't see no consistency, accord. So that's why you're not saying it suddenly. Because what feels good, that's what you do. Who comes in your life and tickles your fancy, that's what you do. Whatever, whatever you see on the internet that some self-help person has told you, that's what you do. And let me tell you something. This, this is something that irritates me. Just give me a moment to be selfish and just have this moment. Pardon me. I'll be back later. Just a minute. The thing that irritates me about this generation of people, and I'm going to say it, the thing that irritates me the most is because people think just because you say it loud makes it true. Just because you say it mad makes it true. It's not. I don't have to scream. I don't have to yell to convey truth. If I got to do that, I am trying to convince you of something. I'm working hard to convince you of something that is not true. That is called a scam. I'm trying to convince you of something that's not true. I don't have to convince you of the goodness of God by screaming, God is good. You can do better. All I can say is God is good. Oh, we can, we can just sit here and just say Jesus. Jesus, there's nothing like Jesus. If you ever go and look at, at the oldest, this is an old evangelist, Catherine Kumi. Back in the 70s, Catherine Kumi was uh, this, this little bitty white lady, she was like 80 pounds soaking wet. But she would just speak, oh, the presence of God is here. Oh, beloved, the Holy Spirit is here. And this is the 70s. And she had all of these businessmen in suits falling out under the power of God. When it's truth, truth can be conveyed in a whisper. It doesn't have to be yelled at. I'm telling you, unless that's half of people's personality, that's, that, that's their personality. What I'm trying to get you to realize is just because it's loud. Don't get lost in the demonstration or the delivery that you miss what they deliver. Our people nowadays are so caught up in the delivery, you're missing what they are delivering. Hold my tongue on that. You're, you're missing what they're delivering. And they're selling you a false bill of goods because they say it loud. Sometimes God spoke in a whisper. He spoke to Elijah in a whisper. He, and, and let me show you this too. Thank you, Lord. When Elijah was under the juniper tree, there was a wind, there was rain, there was fire. And he, each one of them, he said, but God was not in it but through a still, small voice. Can I tell you, the reason why you may be having trouble hearing God is too noisy around you. It's too noisy. You got too much noise around you. Sometimes you got to be like Elijah, put your head between your knees, cover up all of the noise from the outside, and hear God. God said, I cannot penetrate the noise that's in your life because there's too much noise around you for me to get through it. I could, but I don't want you to mistake my voice for theirs, so I'm going to wait and I'm going to let you do everything that you have been doing and let it profit you nothing and I'm going to wait and 
I'm going to just speak in a still, small voice. Get back up again. You can do it. She's not for you. He's not for you. Walk away from that thing. A still, small voice. But you won't know it if there's so much noise around you and you mistake the noise as truth. This okay? The theme of this church, Grateful Heart Church, is grateful people with grateful hearts serving a great God. We were adamant when we started this church. What's the name of the church? What's the name of the church? I, I can't even tell you what names we thought of, what names we what names we played around with. But I, I asked, I, I, I prayed and, and besought the Lord. And the Lord asked me this question, what do you want your church to be known for? Not my church, his church. But what do you want this church that I'm going to give you oversight over? What do you want this church to be known for? What are you known for? And um, I thought, well, I can't call it witty humor. That's what I'm known for. Great personality. Can't call it that. But um, I said, I'm just grateful to you. I'm just grateful to you. And I asked my wife, I said, well, what do you think about, at first it was Grateful Hearts. And uh, we, we thought, we like, well, we're not Grateful Heart. Because Grateful Hearts is when all come together, but a Grateful Heart comes from the individual. It, it makes it you, it personalizes it. Because you go to a church that is indicative of your lifestyle, grateful heart. Because you have a grateful heart, you go to a grateful heart. And so I think again, it's grateful people with grateful hearts serving a great God. That is the thing here because I want us to be a one accord Grateful people with grateful hearts serving a great God. And when we come together, this is the place. This is the place where God releases his glory. He can do it in other places, but as for us, for me, this is the place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven of a mighty rushing wind. Can I tell you? Let me tell you this. I'm about to feel good. Y'all ready? God said, once I see you on one accord, once I see you on one accord in the place I called you to be. It's not just a physical location, though it can be, but I am calling you to the place where you are on one accord. Then suddenly, you're going to hear the wind. But I've got to get you in a place where you are on one accord. So your mouth is not saying something your heart doesn't mean and your heart is not having a conversation the brain is not a part of. I need to get you on one accord. I come here on one accord. I approach God on one accord. And God said, when you on one accord, suddenly there's going to be a win. When God, God says, when you are on one accord, suddenly there's going to come a sound from heaven of a mighty 
rushing wind. Now, let me tell you this. The word wind and spirit is derived from the Hebrew word pneuma, where we get pneumonia. In layman's terms, it's the breath of God. God said, when I see you on one accord with me, when I see you on one accord, then I'm going to breathe onto you. Suddenly, you're going to feel my breath on you. When I see you on one accord, when I see you steadfast and immovable, always abounded in the work of the Lord, when I see you and I can trust you, I can trust your consistency, then you will see the suddenly. Suddenly means unexpectedly. Suddenly means without warning, without notice. God said, I have a suddenly for you. And that suddenly is going to come with my breath. Mm. I, I don't, um, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give it over here. Let, let, the Lord said he can't bless you suddenly if you're scattered. You will never see a suddenly if you're scattered. The slow working, to you it's a slow working hand of God, but it's really the strategy of God. Because God wants you to be in one place on one accord. And he said, once I see you in one place, on one accord, then you're going to feel my breath blow on you. He said, I'm going to blow on you. I'm going to blow on that marriage. I'm going to blow on your business. I'm going to blow on your finances. I'm going to blow on your mind. But I got to get you in a place where you're on one place, in one place, on one accord. I got to get you in that place where you're not topsy-turvy, where you're not shaken. You're anchored in the work of the Lord, in the things of God. You're anchored. Come what will or may, I'm anchored. Though the storms may rise, I'm anchored in one place, on one accord. When God sees you in one place, on one accord, suddenly he's going to breathe on you. Don't expect the breath if you're scattered. Don't expect the breath if you're topsy-turvy. Don't expect the breath if he can't count on your consistency. How dare you expect God's consistency and you're not consistent. And he filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. Wait, wait, wait. I missed this part. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set on them. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? This is what the Lord said. He's about to light you on fire. Oh, no, 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 no. That was better than what you praising God for. He's about to light you on fire. Some of us, yes, we've been praying. We've been believing God. But the only way we've been going is forward. And God said, because of your consistency with me, you're about to see the, uh, you're about to have a suddenly, and I, you're about to see fire. I'm about to breathe on you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just thought about that. How can you send wind and fire at the same time? Wait a minute. How can you send wind and a fire? Wind blows fire out. 
God said, what I'm about to do in your life, it will not make sense to your human brain. It will not make sense. You will not be able to comprehend it. But I'm about to set a fire down on you. And I'm about to breathe on that fire. Fires get larger the more oxygen they get. And God said, I'm about to breathe on you and provide my oxygen. And the thing that I'm about to blow on, there's about to be a major fire in your life. I dare you to receive that because the wind of God is blowing on you now. He's blowing on you suddenly. 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 Suddenly things turned around. Suddenly, suddenly there was a fire that I could not shake. Suddenly, suddenly he began to fill the whole house with the Holy Ghost. Suddenly, suddenly. My God, I don't know who this is for. You've been in your waiting period and you said, Lord, I've done all I can to be in one place on one accord. He said, well, get ready. Get ready, get ready. Suddenly, oh, suddenly, suddenly. Last couple of weeks ago, we talked about don't break the flow. But this week, the Lord said there's going to be a suddenly in your life. Suddenly, I feel the Holy Ghost kicking me in my back. Suddenly, he's about to blow on your life. Suddenly, suddenly, it's been dry. It's been quiet, but get ready. I hear a wind blowing. Get ready. I hear a wind blowing. Get ready. Get ready. Brian, I want this other mic. Get ready. I hear a wind blowing. Get ready. I hear a wind blowing. Get ready. The wind is about to blow in your life. My God. My God. I don't know who this is for, but the Lord said get ready. He's blowing, he's blowing in your life and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I don't know who this is for, but it's been quiet. It's been quiet, you've been waiting. But the Lord said there comes a sound. Here comes the sound you've been waiting for. Here comes the sound you've been standing away looking up for. Here comes the sound you got promised. Suddenly,
the wind is about to come and blow and fill every empty vessel in the place. The wind is about to come and blow and fill every empty place in your life. The wind is about to come and blow and fill every empty place in your heart. The wind is about to come and blow and fill every empty space in this building. The wind is about to come and blow. The wind is about to come and blow. The wind, the wind, the wind, the wind of God is blowing. 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 Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The wind of God is blowing. Lift your mouth, open your heart. Lift your hand, open your mouth. The wind of God is blowing. The wind of God is blowing. The wind, the wind of God is blowing. The wind of God is blowing. I wish I could preach it like I feel it. The wind of God is blowing. The wind, the wind of the Almighty. The wind of the Almighty. There came a sound. My God, to release a sound in this place. I dare you to release a sound all over the internet. I dare you to release a sound. A sound of heaven. The sound of heaven.
to God in a way that he understands. You don't have to come up with words. He knows what that means. He knows this O is different from that O. He knows what it means. Sometimes I cannot formulate a word. I can't formulate a sentence. But he knows what it is. Father, I beseech you now, God, that you would touch your people, God. That you would touch your people. That you would touch your people, God. Here in person online. That you would touch your people, God. That you would touch your people, God. I pray for a feeling, God. That you would feel them, God. I pray you would feel them. I pray for the person that's seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, you will baptize them now. And their tongue will have clothes like fire to sit on them, Lord. Sit on them. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for suddenly. Thank you, Lord for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, that this is the beginning. This is just the beginning. You will never be the same again. I thank you, Lord, for blowing on us. Blowing on us.
I have no need to talk further if he's talking. I pray for your seeds if you want to sow after, if you want to sow again. I pray for your seed if you want to be a member. I, I, we, we will be here. Most of y'all are Bask in his presence. Bask in his glory. Bask before you get ready to go back and face the hill that is outside of those doors. How dare you to pass in his presence. Some of you, you don't feel as free to pass in your own home. So you gotta come here. Bask in his glory. Bask in his wind. Bask in his wind. Until you can take this wind outside and you're unbothered by what's going on around you. Bass. 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 In his presence. The king is here. The king. The king is here. The king of glory. The King of Glory is here. I am the Lord. 